today on the show, we're talking about warranties. Welcome to Simple Money Solutions Podcast, your path to financial independence through deliberate lifestyle choices. My name's Courtney, I'm your co-host, and today, as always, I'm joined with my co-host, Trevor. And today on the show, we're talking about warranties. And we bring up this topic because there's a financial element to warranties. Everything you buy today seems to have a warranty built into it or an extended warranty that's offered, which those are terrible. But what really is the the um, launch pad for this episode is my son recently bought a car. So he bought a 2019 Honda Civic. And I know I always say buy a three-year-old car. This car is almost three years old. It's, you know, depending when it was made, I it, it turns out this car is three years old, but based on the model year, it, it looks like it's only two and a half years old. But anyway, that, that's irrelevant. So we're buying this car and we're in the dealership and the guy, the salesperson is pumping up Honda. It's, he's, you know, great brand. And the, the particular model he's looking at, he's really pumping this car up, just telling us everything is great about it. And we start to, we, you know, we, we take test drive a bunch of cars and we, we find one we like, and we sit down and we start a talking price. And we're, 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 I'm, we're obviously trying to negotiate the price down and he's still pumping up Honda, you know, you, it's worth paying a little bit more for a really reliable car. And he's just pumping this thing up hard. And, and so he, Honda's like, you'd swear it's a, a bulletproof. Like it, it, anyway, we, we were, we finally settled on a price and we're, everyone, we're both kind of happy. we he felt he got a good price for his car. We felt like we got a good deal for the car. It's all good. And he says, now I need you to, next. I'm going to hand you off to a bus, to our business manager. I'm doing air quotes, business manager. So I'm thinking this guy's going to talk. I, I have no idea why we need to say business manager. Uh, there, we weren't doing any financing with, with Honda. So we, we didn't need to talk about that. So we go in, into another office and we sit down. And I actually remember going through this with when I bought my car. But the reason I didn't, it, I kind of, so I'll just say this. I don't, I don't do warranties. So I don't value warranties of any kind. Anyway, I'm <laughs> getting sidetracked. So we sit down with a business manager and it turns out he's, he's not a business manager. He's a warranty salesperson and he starts running Honda down <laughs> telling us how bad, you know, he didn't say how bad the car is, but he's, he's trying to make a case for why we need to buy an extended warranty for this car. The extended warranty is $2,800 for five extended years warranty. So he is, he is running Honda into the ground. <laughs> he was telling us just horror stories about Honda cars just, almost self-destructing and he he was just adamant we needed this warranty and i told my son if they talk warranty just tell them you know we're not interested we don't you know we we believe in in the product not the warranty and we'll move on this guy was not letting us go he was he got a hold of our pant legs and he was just tearing away at it and we finally you know you can say no politely different ways and then you can say no like no we're not doing and then we don't we had to say no in an angry tone to get out of this office and it really left a bad taste though the whole experience was very negative now imagine this business manager again in air quotes warranty salesman he, he probably sells more warranties than he doesn't sell so he seems super disappointed that we weren't taking the, like he he was personally offended 
that we weren't taking this warranty. So I got to think their hit rate on extended warranties is pretty high. Anyway, we, we, um, we pass on the warranty, but but that, that's the premise of this episode is, is why I don't believe in warranties. So that, that example I'm sure is not an isolated one. And I say that just from everyone listening to the show today, if they've bought a car, I'm sure they've experienced that same phenomena. And if they haven't, I'm surprised. Well, bought bought a car. If you ever bought a charging cable, (laughs) you want the extended warranty? Uh, No. No, you're right. It's on everything. And that's why this episode we feel is so important to do today, just in general, because if anyone listened to this, you've bought something, we can guarantee it. 30 or 30 30 30 days guarantee that uh no that you've that you've bought something that you've been offered a warranty for so this show this show touches everyone so a couple a couple big areas we're going to walk through today with you are uh, why are warranties or how are warranties marketed so we're going to talk about all the ways that we see warranties pop up with the things that we buy and then we're going to talk about why do what do warranties actually represent so what what does that warranty you're going to buy what is it actually going to do for you and and in in reality not what the, not what the salespeople are telling you but what is it actually going to do for you and i want to say one thing here so you know how I talk about value systems? Like in my one of the ones I mention all the time is like I only buy used cars. So whenever confronted with a really good deal on a new car, I don't have to stress about it or worry about it. I have this value system where I just don't buy new cars. I have the financial means to buy new cars. I just don't believe in them and I don't buy them. I never have to make that decision again. It's it's one of my values in life. I don't buy used cars. I mean, I don't buy new cars. I only buy used. Another one is just, it's a thing with me, is I never order, if I'm in a restaurant, I never order alcohol with my meal. I, I just don't do it. it. It's a value system. I don't have to be enticed by a fancy wine list or a uh, happy hour or anything. I just don't buy drinks with a meal in a restaurant. It's something I, I just don't do. It's a value system I have. I do not ever buy extended warranties. I, I just don't buy warranties. I don't believe in warranties. And it, it it's a pre-made decision. I don't have to fret over it. So... When my son was buying this car, he was, I didn't realize that, but he was really stressing over whether he should or shouldn't do this. And then I, I said, you know, I, I pulled him aside after and I said, you know, I talked him down from the warranty thing, but then I, I, I felt bad for not sharing with him my thoughts beforehand because I knew this was coming and he didn't. So he was kind of blindsided, but we, we were never going to get the warranty anyway. But it, so anyway, it's my value system to never, I just don't believe in warranties. So I, I, I love that that is incorporated into your value system. And um, for anyone who's kind of unaware about that kind of value system concept, we did a past episode on that. So you can head into our back catalog to kind of um, learn more about Trevor's value system and what's included. But we also will later on the show talk about what extended warranties are um, for anyone who's kind of wondering the differentiation between those and other types of warranties. But one thing that I do like about what you tra- said there, Trevor, was that when you're making a purchase, regardless of how small or big, so from a car to a charging cable, you're obviously buying that thing because you need that thing. And, and maybe you're replacing something that broke. And I, I know I've, I know I've had to buy a new um, Mac charging cable and, and they're not the most expensive things either out there but they're not the cheapest either so you're sometimes making a purchase in a kind of a vulnerable situation so you can definitely get uh, taken for a ride when when you're in that position you want to make sure you're doing the best thing for that purchase you know 
warranty sales, people that sell warranties or they, they understand uh, uh, the concept of selling a warranty and they're not just offering you something, they're actually selling you something. They, they know the vulnerable people. So people who are there that are buying something beyond their financial means, but they want it anyway, those are people vulnerable to extended warranties. Those are people who, who have basically handed over all their money and if anything goes wrong, they're dead in the water. So those people are vulnerable to extended warranties in a big way. Yeah, definitely, because the cost to replace it is, is so great for that individual. You get in a scenario where the thing you bought owns you, you don't own it. That's when you know you are vulnerable to extended warranties. And do you think that vulnerability, is that real? I mean, we're going to, I know we're going to talk about that more in the show, but is that, is that, is that real? Like, should you, should you actually be opting? Is there ever a time where it's okay to opt for that warranty? So we're talking, so some, we're going to talk about all this in detail in the sh- as the show goes on, but there's, there's things that come with warranties and I don't give any value to those when I'm buying something. So I, I give them zero consideration. Like if, if there's two products, one comes with a 60 day warranty and one comes with a 90 day warranty. I, I don't care. I, I don't even look at the fine details, but in terms of the, in terms of paying money for additional warranty, the answer is no. You sh- there's there's never a scenario where I would buy an additional like extended warranty. If something comes with it, fine. I I don't really care. But I'm never like I can. There's not a scenario, and maybe the listeners could send me the scenarios where it is a good idea. But I've got zero examples where buying the extended warranty makes sense. So we're going to unpack in this episode uh, buying extended warranties and, and the thing considerations under that. So let's jump. And I'm going to interrupt you again because that's what I do. Everyone's got a story. Everyone has got a story of their own or somebody they know where they bought the extended warranty and just in, in there was a, like a $5,000 repair. Like the, the whole thing basically imploded whatever they bought, and the warranty covered it. Everybody knows somebody with that story, but you never hear people stop and tell you the story, hey, I bought the, the seven-year extended warranty. Like I, I bought the, the, the gold package warranty, and I never used it. Nothing went wrong. Nobody's telling you that story. That story doesn't exist. Nobody, nobody's, because that's an embarrassing story, right? Like you, you, you gambled and lost, but that's, that's the most common story. And we're going to get into why that is the most common story. But that's the one you never hear. And to your point, that's probably why maybe we do fall victim to opting for the warranties because we hear these horror stories. We, If we took a poll, we'd probably the results would probably be a little bit of alar- alarming with how many warranties are never actually used. The news only reports the planes that crashed. It never reports the planes that landed. Very true. Um, so let's jump into first talking about a warranty. And we are as well going to define the difference between insurance and warranties as well, because there there definitely is a lot of, there could be a lot of confusion around the differentiation between the two. So just to lead into warranties, a warranty is a legally binding commitment forming part of the sales contract, which assures the buyer that the product or service is free from defects. A warranty often provides for a specific remedy such as repair or replacement in the event the article or service fails to meet the warranty. So that that's written by a, a Philadelphia lawyer with <laughs> loopholes galore in it. I, I, you know, just hearing you say that, I, I have like zero interest in warranties. Like they're they're 
they they exist for uh to serve only us certain people it's, they they exist to serve the manufacturer or the the retailer they do not exist to serve the consumer and you say loopholes and i think that's the first thing that might come to a lot of individuals minds and we will we're going to dive into this in the show as well but that actually here's the story you always hear is you know, something went wrong and it wasn't covered under the warranty. That's a story you hear a lot. Everyone listening to this, put your hand up if you've heard a story like that. Angry people will tell you, you know, it, and it wasn't covered under the warranty. Like you'll hear that a lot. Like I, That's a story I hear a lot of. Oh yeah, that, that's, 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 that's the thing. I think that's like, I, I don't know someone who hasn't said that. And I think that, and so that alone is why sometimes we don't trust warranties because we don't ever, they, I think they're meant to be a little bit dicey, a little bit unclear, a little bit murky on purpose. You know, if you deal with a, a reputable place, these are stories I hear and they're exceptions, but I have some of my own where I have taken my car, for instance, I take it to the same Honda dealership for, for repairs all the time. Or, you know what, when I'm repairing something in my home, I go to a local home hardware. I And I, I just, I like the, the store. It's kind of a nostalgic type of home, home hardware. And if I if I've got a project going and I'm running in there a couple times on a given weekend to get some stuff to 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 fix whatever it is I'm fixing, a lot of times I, this is not a lot of times. A couple of times I've gone in there and I've said, you know, I got the wrong thing. It turns out I need this, and they'll just and and the thing I actually needed was more expensive, and the thing I actually bought was less expensive, and they'll just say, I just take it, you know, just they 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 won't charge me the difference. I've got lots of stories where a reputable place I deal with has just given me things just just because they they consider me a valued customer. So th- that to me is better a better story than uh, a, a warranty story. So you're saying they are standing behind maybe the product in some cases, but also value the the customers that they have. Yes, they're valuing a customer, and and the warranty actually creates a contractual obligation. For them to value the customer, whereas I prefer to be valued as a customer. Okay, for my loyalty to to the to a particular brand or a particular uh, retail establishment, I would rather be valued for that reason, not because we have a contractual obligation to for you to value me. Definitely, it feels a lot more like genuine and authentic for sure. So, well, it feels like I have, I play a role in that value system. You know what I mean? That that's why I I I value that value system because i play a role in it my my being a loyal customer builds that relationship whereas before it's literally just covering their end and if you think of an extended warranty what you're trying to do is buy that relationship true you're trying to buy that that loyalty in a contract no that's true and and we, we know that that's not at all an authentic way to get that done so I mentioned that we were going to talk about the difference between insurance and warranty. This, as I'm sure, is something that is maybe a little bit unclear in a lot of our listeners' minds today. So what is the the prime differences? So the best example of the where this gets really clouded is anybody who's bought an Apple product. Apple reference? Yeah. And I, I've been known to buy a few. I've, <laughs> I might have a whole collection. But... There's a thing called Apple Care, and if you buy an iPhone or uh, uh, a MacBook computer or any any Apple product, you can also purchase Apple Care. And Apple Care is marketed as 
a warranty and the warranty is um it, it it's it's an it's a I think a one it's generally a one year I think on some things it's a two year warranty on Apple Care but in that warranty or as it's marketed a warranty there's also a uh, so with iPhones you have two incidents that are covered under that warranty and the and incident is if you were to drop your phone and break the screen then you could pay uh, I think one hundred and fifty dollars and they would uh, replace the screen and you get your phone back. That sounds a lot like a deductible on an insurance claim. You know that, so so it's warranting the product from defects and it's also insuring the product for you you dropping it or misusing it or whatever. So it's kind of warranty insurance all wrapped up in one. So people that buy it when they tell me they got Apple Care, they're never. I, I'm yet to hear the story because. Apple products, they just tend to work. And you may, you may have one that failed, but I, I, something that's one or two years old, I, I have not, I'm yet to see that Apple product fail because of a manufacturer defect. So anybody I know that has bought Apple Care and used it, they have used the insurance aspect of Apple Care, not the, the warranty aspect of Apple Care. So they've dropped their phone, the screen cracked, it, maybe they've dropped it in water and it stopped working it's been through misuse that they've used Apple Care, And so they, I've heard a lot of people say, I'm glad I had Apple Care because, and it's never because, you know, my phone just stopped working within one year of owning it. No, and that's, uh, I, I love that example because it's it's one that's, it's very relatable. And it, and I just want to say, so if you look at Apple Care as just insurance, I'm going to interrupt you a lot <laughs> on this episode. So if you look at Apple Care just as insurance, I think it's rather expensive insurance. It is. It, it really is. But if you were to break your phone, is it it it, it wouldn't necessarily feel expensive. Well, here's the problem: is most people, a lot of people that buy phones, young people, not you know, with maybe just part-time jobs, they're buying something they can't really afford. So they bought something they really can't afford. They bought the the iPhone 11. Pro, like the the two thousand dollar version of the phone, because it's a, a status symbol, and they can carry it around and wave it at people all day long. And look at me, I've got the the most expensive phone ever made to date. And they that thing needs to be insured in a big way, because if you drop that and crack the screen, you just you spent all the money you have and, and some of the money you don't have to buy that phone, maybe through a subsidized phone plan or something. Without Apple Care, you basically you're walking around with a shattered screen. So I, I, I think that the, 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 the cell phone is the, the, an, off, an iPhone is an obvious example where a lot of people own these things that they really can't afford and they need that insurance. Yeah, no, I, I definitely, I see, I see exactly where you're coming from. And I think we will talk about this later in the show, but it's definitely the sense of, the sense that you kind of, it's a sense of insurance to yourself and the fact that you can replace it if something happens to it. And I'm not opposed to insurance. I'm not. I'm, not, so I'm opposed to warranties. Are you, so you are, would you, would you say that you are a fan of Apple Care simply from the insurance perspective? So if you have a, an Apple product you can't afford to replace, insurance is probably not a bad idea. I don't think you should be buying products you can't really afford. But if you end up with one, for, what, for whatever reason, you get convinced that it's a good idea by, by whoever... And it's, it's 
just at the outer limits of your financial means to buy it, then you should absolutely have insurance. A good, okay, they would not make this a cell phone podcast, but if you can't replace your cell phone with your disposable income in 30 days, so with your disposable income, so your income after all the financial obligations you currently have, if you can't replace that phone in 30 days, or maybe 60 days, I'll go 60 days, then you probably can't afford that phone, but in, in which case you should have AlpoCare to insure it. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So the clear difference between insurance and warranties for sure. And we will, we'll go on to talk about another, some other examples too, where we see kind of warranties and how they, how they shine through. Um, we're, I want to jump now into talking about how warranties are marketed. So there's five different ways that warranties are marketed to us, um, with the first one being basic manufacturing warranty. So this is marketed to us like it's something, it's a benefit to us, the consumer. And a warranty, a basic manufacturer's warranty, which it depends what you buy, but it might be a one year. A lot of times if it's a a fairly large ticket item, it's a one year warranty. Like I'll say an iPhone, if you buy it, an appliance like a, a dishwasher or a fridge, it, it might come with a one-year manufacturer's warranty. And this is the manufacturer protecting their brand. This is not about you. This is about them. They are protecting their brand. If if everyone's walking around with a, uh, an iPhone or, or you, a, t- an, a TV, like a Sony TV, and it just stops working or it doesn't work well, then you're going to have nothing but bad things to say about that brand. And and so you as a consumer, you're not going back to that brand. And everybody you talk to is probably going to avoid that brand. But if your story is, I bought a Sony TV and, you know, the sound went on it. And I, I called Sony and they sent it a replacement TV or somebody out to fix it like a week later. You go from a, you know, a bad news story to a good news story in a moment. So all of a sudden... You're not bashing the brand. You're actually pumping it up saying, you know, it stopped working, but Sony really stood behind their product and they made, they made this right. So that one-year warranty on that TV has nothing to do with you, the consumer. It has everything to do with protecting their brand. And when I think of this one, I almost it almost feels a little bit like cheating because if you bought something brand new and out of the box, it didn't work. I would almost expect the manufacturer to replace that thing regardless if they had affixed a basic manufacturing warranty to it. I agree, but they're marketing that, hey, this also comes with a one-year warranty, right? That, that, that's a marketing tool. Like they're, they're, they're saying it comes with this. There might be, just say there's two TVs. You're looking, you're in Best Buy, you're shopping for TVs. Let's go Costco. <laughs> you're in Costco because I hate Costco. So you're in Costco, you're shopping for TVs and I mean, you're looking at 75-inch TVs. Like, why would you buy anything any smaller, right? <laughs> I got like a 45-inch TV. I don't know why I'd need anything bigger. But, and it's like a $2,000 TV. And you're looking at two brands, and one comes with a one-year warranty, and one comes with a 90-day warranty. And you're going to say, well, it's a marketing tool, right? The, the, you know, this one's just a little bit more, but it comes with a one-year warranty. You know, they, so it's marketed to you. And it's just another selling tool for that that brand. No, I think it's a good note. And, and, and something, like you said in early, earlier in the show, don't get caught up in and just just know, just don't, just don't consider that as a factor. Yeah, that, that's, yeah that, that's never, 
swaying. So if, if I'm buying this TV, I'm hoping to own it for 10 years. Let's just say 10 years. I'm going to let a one-year warranty sway me to buy a TV that's maybe overall not as good as the other TV that only comes with a 90-day warranty. So one-tenth of its life is going to determine that I choose that TV. And we're going to get into, you know, they're, they're warranting the, statistically the most unlikely time that anything's going to go wrong with this thing. Put that aside. One-tenth of the life of TV is going to determine my choice. That, that seems wrong. Like that, that, is, that, that should have very little weight in my decision. I completely agree with that one. And uh, as an aside, if you're back to Trevor's Costco episode, we have an episode in our back catalog dedicated, seriously, just talking about Costco. So if you're interested in listening to that, that's in our back catalog. Number two, so the second um, way that warranties are marketed to us is through a limited warranty. So this is kind of like the basic warranty, but sometimes it, it goes beyond the... So the, the basic manufacturer warranty will often it will, will replace the item if something goes wrong, a manufacturing defect. The limited warranty is if you read the fine print, I mean, there's almost nothing covered. I mean, this is the, the scenarios under which the limited warranty could be utilized is, is, is so rare. I mean, if you're thinking of a kitchen, a kitchen, a kitchen appliance, like a countertop appliance, if, if water's anywhere near this thing and it, it stops working, chances are your your limited warranty would would not cover this. So limited warranties are they're worse than the basic manufacturing warranty. It's like it they, they shouldn't even exist. I almost think they're they had to offer something, so they they put this limited warranty, which it, it really limits. Well, it almost covers nothing if you read the fine print on those. Yeah, and if if you're buying a product, you expect it to work, and there shouldn't technically be any problems with it. So, and, and I think this is the one I think that gives us a maybe a bit of a false sense of security because we read the word warranty, and warranty is this really warm fuzzy word where we think we're going to be covered, it's, it's all good. But it's it, 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 you're right. If you don't read the fine print, you can get into a lot of trouble. So the third of five ways that marketed, warranties are marketed to us is through the 30-day money-back guarantee. And so this warranty is, it's, I call it a warranty because a 30-day money-back guarantee, the guarantee that you will be satisfied with the product. And this is usually offered by the retailer or the seller of the product. So a good one is Amazon. So if you buy anything that's fulfilled by Amazon, so it's, that means it's something that ships out of the warehouse, you have 30 days to test drive this product and return it. If you buy something from Walmart, I imagine on paper it's 30 days, but I've taken things back that are way older than 30 days, but it's like a no questions asked. You return it 30 days, get your money back. I think what happens when, when again, this is not about you, it's about the retailer offering it. You're going to be quicker to pull the trigger on your purchases knowing you could return anything in any condition within 30 days. So a lot of people, they just won't go through the effort to return anything. So I don't know if everyone listening to this has probably bought some from Amazon. If you've ever tried to return something to Amazon, it is insanely easy. You put it back in the box. You go on your or website, under your Amazon account, you click your orders and you click the button to return that order and you get a shipping label. It's 
prepaid postage. You put it back in the box it came in. You take it to the post office, push it across the counter. You don't even have to speak a word to the people at the post office. They take it. They nod. You're gone. You get a, a refund on your credit card. It is it is painless. It is incredibly easy to return anything to Amazon. So long as it's been fulfilled by Amazon, meaning it ships from their warehouse. And this makes you want to shop at Amazon. And I'm going to give you a, a story. So uh, there's another st- store. I, I, I don't know if they're just in Ontario, but it's called Canadian Tire. <laughs> and whenever I've tried to return something to Canadian Tire, I feel like I should really be bringing a lawyer with me. You know, I shouldn't be doing this alone because <laughs> I need some sort of legal representation because it is an impossible place to return things to. I would love to hear from the listeners if you've ever had uh, an experience returning something to Canadian Tire or is it just me? <laughs> Am I a target for these people? I don't know. But I I dread returning to Canadian Tire. So for that reason, I dread buying something in Canadian Tire. Me and my wife will be standing in Canadian Tire and we'll be looking at something. Just say it was a, a kettle for heating water. And we'll be looking at it and saying, what do you think? And my wife will say, well, you know, this is for life, right? <laughs> if we buy this, that's it. We're done. You know, do you, re- do you really want to get it here? And, but on Amazon, I will, I, okay, I, I don't shop a lot, but I will not hesitate to pull the trigger on something just to see what it looks like. Forget whether I want it. And I'll get it. No, it's, it's not what I thought it was and return it. It is, it is so painless. So this, this 30 day money back guarantee, it is, it's a warranty that you will be satisfied as a customer, but it's not about the consumer. It is about the retailer and making sure you come back to do business with them. It really reduces the transaction friction. A hundred percent. You're right there buying things. And I, the, what you said, the return thing, it sparked my, it sparked something about the, the more kind of limited warranties and basic manufacturing warranties. But if, if you've ever read in the manual or whatever you receive with that, it, it kind of describes this very... So if you were technically going, to, technically going to take advantage of the warranty and pretend you were completely within the means to take advantage of it, you have to like mail the product away and, and wait a few weeks and, 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 then, and then wait a few weeks more and then you'll get it back. And I'm just like, that's, ex- like, that's an exhausting process. They almost add these barriers so you, that maybe instead of sending that article of clothing off to get repaired into the warranty because the button fell off the second he put it on, you're just going to not... Do, you're just going to throw it out. Like, it's just not worth it. No, it's very painful. You're, you're right about that friction. And when I say I don't like warranties, this is the one warranty I believe in. This will sway me. This And the funny thing, it's not called a warranty. It's called a 30-day money-back guarantee. I call it a warranty. My uh, my my satisfaction's being warrantied. And I this will sway what I buy and where I buy it. 100%. And with these policies in place, it really does protect the, I say protect, but it, it, it guarantees, like you said, that the buyer will come back because it, it, with this policy, they can really market it in that way. So you, so it's not, because I think some of the problems come in if it's a case by case basis where it's like they have to consider it. And, and that way you as a, the consumer never truly know if you can. So by putting this policy in place, it really just, like you said, makes, makes sure the, the buyer always comes back. You know, I remember buying something. You mentioned about sending stuff back. So I, I'm i into furniture making and I, I've purchased some woodworking tools. And I remember I bought uh, some sharpening thing from Lee Valley Tools. And uh, something went wrong with it. I won't get into the details, but it, it's, it basically stopped working. So I typed a, a friendly email to Lee Valley saying, hey, this is uh, my customer number. I, I bought this thing and 
um, it, it stopped working. I'm not sure where to go from here. Right. I, I, I bought it over mail order and I, I wasn't sure. I, I threw away the box that it came in. I didn't know what to do. I never heard back from them, never heard back from them. Probably like a week and a half passed. And all of a sudden, there's something in my mailbox. And I go out there and it's a brand new sharpening thing. The thing that I described that stopped working, plus a, couple, a bunch of things that they weren't sure if those parts broke as well. So a whole brand new one showed up with a letter saying, you know, just put your old one in the box and ship it back. We're sorry for the inconvenience. So I was, my mind was blowing. So I told everybody I knew who would listen about this story. And some people said, yeah, I already heard that. So, so I was, I was just overwhelmed by there. And I was, I was in Lee Valley and I remember talking to a guy in, so nobody else wanted to hear my story. So I told somebody at Lee Valley, I happened to go into the store one day and we were driving by and I went in to just browse around. And the, the guy said, yeah, we don't. Um, we take a, we, it takes a long time to build up the loyalty with a customer and it takes minutes to, to destroy it. So the reason that happened is because, you know, that's, we could have lost you as a customer in a moment with that bad experience. That's the mentality of Lee Valley is he says, I don't know how long you've been shopping with us and been a customer with Lee Valley, but we know it takes years to build up loyalty with a, a consumer and we, it, it can be destroyed overnight. So it, I, I think loyalty takes the stairs on the way up and the elevator on the way down. So that, anyway, that, that's a little story about, uh, um, your, you know, you mentioned that mail back thing. So I, I thought I'd be without the sharpening thing for weeks and it turns out it was already on its way after I sent my email, I just didn't know it. No, I love that. I love that they, they sent it to you first because that, that really, that takes away kind of the, the awful examples that I was describing. Number four, so the fourth way that warranties are marketed to us is through the extended warranty. And this one's huge. So if the 30-day money-back guarantee is the best warranty, and I believe it is, it's the only one I believe in, it's the only one that will sway me as a consumer, anyone who offers me an extended warranty my spidey senses, they get enhanced. I All of a sudden, I say, wait a minute. I did not see the pyramid scheme sign on the front door. What, what's the, the, uh, uh, extended warranties, they are... If you think about what... So here, I'm going to give you some math here. So my son's car, they offered a five-year extended warranty. Was, the extended warranty was $2,800 for five additional years of coverage. And statistically speaking, these are the five years where things are least likely to go wrong, right? And, and it doesn't cover maintenance. Like it's not going to cover tires and brakes and oil changes. It's not going to cover predictive things that wear out on a car because it's a car. This is covering things that they, they don't expect to go wrong, but of course I mean, it's mechanical. Anything could go wrong. So they're warranting things that that are, are unanticipated failures in their car. That's what they're warranting. And if if the warranty, if twenty eight hundred dollars, if everybody was made a twenty eight hundred dollar claim for for their car, if everyone made a twenty eight hundred dollar claim, then the warranty company would be a break even operation. They would not be profitable. The company offering the warranty. And they would not be unprofitable. 
and you would have not gained any money or lost any money. It would be a break-even deal. But the warranty company wouldn't exist for very long if it's a break-even operation. So the warranty company is kind of like a casino. They have to, they're the house and the house always wins. The only way they stay in business and this warranty company continues to exist if a if more people buy the warranty than use the warranty. That that's just basic math. That's the only way extended warranties work. Is if is I don't know what the ratio would be, but if if only half the people used half of the warranty that they bought, that would be a pretty profitable company. And that that's probably the math they're working with. So Extended warranties are not, I, I believe it's, it's, again, to protect the brand. That's why they're offered. But I also think they're a real moneymaker. Like when you buy a cable at Staples, a charging cable, and they say, would you like to buy the $6 warranty for this $20 cable? Like, I, I don't know what the numbers are. I'd like to, like, who's ever, okay, I, I'm going to say two out of 100 people take back a broken cable. Maybe, I, I don't know what that number would be, but they've just marked this cable up by six bucks as far as I'm concerned, because I'm probably never coming back for my warranty when this cable fails. Yeah, just because of how disposable, in the cable example, disposable things are, we're just going to replace it. I want you to walk uh, everyone through and me through the the actual math, like what that looks like. We're, we are going to dive into... Actually, maybe you know what? We'll save that until we get there. No, let, let's let's do this. So, so my my son's car it came the extended warranty it was a five year warranty for twenty eight hundred dollars. So, if you bought the twenty eight hundred dollar warranty, and you you ended up over the five years you made a thousand dollars of repairs had to be done on the car that were covered in the warranty. Was the warranty a good idea? No, no, because no, you left. $1,800 on the table, right? Now, let's just say you bought the $2,800 five-year extended warranty and you had $2,800 of repairs in five years. Was the warranty worth it? No. No, because all you did was prepay all of those repairs. You gave them the money, the $2,800 in advance, and they fixed your car as you needed. And you probably had to claw and scratch for a few of those uh, warranty things to be covered because the fine print said they weren't. So all you did was prepay your expenses over the course of five years. Now, let's just say you had, you bought the $2,800 five-year extended warranty and you had $5,000 in repairs. Was it a good idea? Was it? No. You bought a car that needed $5,000 of repairs in the course of five years. That's $1,000 a year. You bought the wrong car. I mean, you bought a lemon, so you should be, I think if, if you bought a car that was just three years old and, and you bought the extended warranty and it needed $2,800 of repairs, this, these are not things that wear out like tires and brakes. These are defects. If you needed to, to spend $2,800 on a car that new over the course of five years, even at $2,800, you bought the wrong car as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, no, and, and that's the math that we don't think about. That is the math. We don't think about the fact that if we spent, if we don't think about the fact that we are just kind of prepaying those expenses, we don't think about. Well, now here's something I want to. So let's just say you bought a car you couldn't afford, and you were financing like most of it, and they offer you an extended warranty. Well, guess what? You can finance that extended warranty 
you you can put that they they roll that into your loan right like so it's it built into the the total price of the car so you can so if you're buying a car you can't afford and then of course if you can't afford the car you can't afford to fix anything that goes wrong with it so that's a double like so if if you're making your $1200 truck payments on a truck you really can't afford and all of a sudden some pump goes on it and you have to come up with another 1200 bucks that you don't have to fix that and you put it on your credit card it's just a spiral so if you're buying something you can't afford you probably should buy the extended warranty because you can't afford to repair anything that goes wrong with this because you're all your money's being gobbled up making your your payments but again, given and it's under the assumption that the extended warranty will cover the things that you need it to cover. Yeah, yeah well, and that that becomes a, a struggle in itself. But so the people who should get the extended warranty are the people buying the, the so in this case, the car, they can't really afford. I, I would actually recommend the warranty if you're buying a car you can't afford because you're going to be screwed if something goes wrong with it. Like, either way, you're, you're, you're in trouble. And, and, and I, I, I can't underscore that enough. If you're, yeah, like you said earlier, if you're buying, if, if you're buying something that needs a ridiculous amount, like the $2,800 worth of repairs, you probably, like you said, bought the wrong car. Yeah. You, you, you probably didn't do your research or you, you could just be unlucky. Like, okay. The guy who was selling us the warranty, the business manager at Honda, who was selling us the extended warranty for $2,800 or trying to sell it to us. He told us a story and this is, I'm not making it, this is his story. So his parents bought a Honda Civic, just a, just a year or just, a, I think it was two years older than the one my son got. And some sort of computer board went on it and it was $5,000 to replace it, but it was covered under the warranty. Well, we as, as a consumer buying the car, we should be horrified that there's something that could fail for $5,000 on this car. Are you kidding me? Like, so that is... I can't believe that is a sales tactic. Like I, it's a scare I, tactic. It, it took a little. Okay, I'm a big fan of Honda, but that took a little shine off of Honda for me. Oh, I, I yeah, I it, I believe that. And so I've been through this. Like, I, my son said, "Why didn't you tell me that was going to happen?" I said, "You know, I've been through it so many times. I've just I just ignore it, right? With all the used cars I've bought, I I don't even pay attention. I I just wait for it to be over, and." He was he was horrified by that experience. So I told him, I you know what I did? We, I told this guy my story. So I said, I have a 16-year-old Honda Civic that I haven't put any money into it in the last five years other than tires, brakes, and oil changes. And it's 16 years old. And I have it has needed nothing in... in I'll say this, just say the last three years. I, I can't remember back that far. It... It doesn't travel far, but it's 16 years old. It's an old car. And I haven't I haven't put barely any money other than just basic maintenance. I told him that story. And he he did not have a response for that. So I'm saying if my 16-year-old Honda Civic hasn't needed that much money in and I think he was kind of playing on, well, he kind of suggested, well, if something goes wrong and you can't afford to fix it. And I, I, I didn't get into it with him because I was going to do it on the podcast. <laughs> well, that means you're buying a car you can't afford. That's, that's what it comes down to. Oh, definitely. 
So we're going to, there's three other things we want. We Extended warranties is really the the bulk of today's episode and talking about that. We're, we're very passionate about it to say the least, but we're going to, we're going to dive into that. Just one more other warranty we're quickly going to skim over um, with when we're talking about how warranties are marketed. And the last one on this list is imposed warranties. So this is actually the worst warranty <laughs> as it turns out. I forgot yeah. about this one. So the imposed warranty is the only one I could think of is there's one in, I live in Ontario, Canada, and there's a warranty called the Ontario New Home Warranty Program. And it is, an, if you buy a brand new home in Ontario, the builder is required to purchase this warranty on your behalf. And it, it warranties your home against defects, builder defects. And they pass the cost of that warranty on to you in the agreement of purchase and sale. So you're forced to buy this warranty if you buy a new home. You, you can't opt out of it. And it's, it's a tool that the government you, has used to hold home builders accountable, from what I can understand in reading the fine print, rather than just come up with a law or you know, rules or this is, the only, this is the way to hold builders accountable for quality. But it's imposed on you and you have to pay for it. So now the purchase of a new home is left with the struggles of trying to get things that are break to be covered under this warranty. And of course, with the fine print of the warranty, it, it becomes a, a cat and mouse game in terms of what's covered and what's not covered. And a lot of times, if if you want the the warranty to cover it, you, you, it's a waiting game because the you have to do it at, say, the the builder's convenience. Whereas if you just called up your local contractor, he could come and fix the problem tomorrow. But if you do that, it's not covered under the warranty. You have to actually have to pay that contractor. So that's the kind of cat and mouse game you get. So self-imposed warranties, I've never bought a new home, so I've never had this imposed on me, but I would be, I, I doubt I would try to utilize that warranty. I, I've talked to people who who have that, who've bought a new home, had tried to get something covered under the warranty, and it becomes a waiting game of when the builder will come in and address the problem. And because it's imposed, I mean, that that's just the kicker when it's imposed on you. So we're gonna we're we're gonna talk more. We did we did just talk about extended warranties, but there's kind of three three kind of key things when we are thinking and thinking about extended warranties. And we only bring this one up because this is the one where we get to make the decision. We get to make the decision whether we opt in or opt out of the extended warranty. And usually there might be big money on the line, like your son's car. So, but we also get to make decisions on all the other warranties in that we, we can let those warranties influence our buying decisions or not. So so we do actually do get to make decisions on all the warranties. Yes, definitely. But this is the one where additional money may be on the line um, while we're in this very vulnerable position of purchasing something usually important. So the first, um, the first kind of consideration or first thing to talk about when it comes to buying standard warranties is the warranty economics. So we kind of br- briefly talked about this, but if if the warranties really paid off for the consumer on a regular basis, war- you would you would read in the news of warranty companies going bankrupt all the time because the the math has to work where more people buy the warranty than use the warranty. That's the only way it works. Any other way, and the the warranty company would fail. So it it has to work that way. I I'm not in the warranty business, but I can't. I can't, I can't make any math work where it works another way. I thought about, well, maybe the warranty company takes the money you paid for the warranty and invests it in some sort of, you know, income generating investment tool like the stock market or 
bonds or, but I, I just, the warranty is, it, it, that's what insurance companies do with your premiums. They invest them, right? And they, they make money off your premiums and they pay a little bit out for claims. But uh, warranties, I think, I, I can't see the warranty companies, like I've never, I, I think I would have seen in investing articles about, you know, warranty companies becoming profitable. Like that I would be able to buy shares in a warranty company. Like I can buy shares in an insurance company. So I don't see that out there. If I'm wrong, let me know. But I really don't think the author really, I think it's, it's more like a casino mentality where the house always wins. Definitely. And, and this is, I mean, if for anyone, I know I've wondered that I'm like, how can, how can a company afford to offer me this warranty? And, and it, that, that is why. So the second thing to consider and think about when we're when we're looking at extending warranties is valuing the warranty instead of the product. And this is where you let the uh, if you buy something and uh, I've seen this where you buy the extended warranty and now you start comparing extended warranties between products and saying, well, this extended warranty covers this and 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 on this product the extended warranty doesn't cover this. You know, we should get the other one because the if we buy the extended warranty, we're going to have more coverage. I think those kind of, if that starts to creep into your, your consuming decisions, I think you're going down a slippery slope. The valuing the warranty instead of the product, I really think it's, it just becomes a selling tool for the, for the retailer or the manufacturer that they offer this. And I, I think you end up, I, I, it generally would happen if you're buying something you can't afford, you're, you think you're buying insurance. I think that that's the mentality. When people buy warranties, they're buying it with an insurance buying mentality, which you're not buying insurance. You're buying, you're buying a warranty to protect the manufacturer in my mind. And the last uh, buying extended warranties consideration is extended warranty statistics. So if you look at the period of time which the warranty for my son's car is going to cover, it's going to cover the the period of time that something's least likely to go wrong. They have looked at this statistically and know, okay, this car is going to be a reliable car for eight years. Therefore, we are very comfortable selling warranties that cover five years. That gives them a real cushion. Because here's the thing with a car. So if when things start to wear out on a car, like... Uh, when the tires get older, the brakes get older, and everything starts to loosen up on a car, that's when all the parts start to wear. You know, that, that I'm not a mechanic, but when things loosen up on a car because it's been driven more and more and more, then that's when parts are, are wearing away. You're, you're not aware of it, but it's happening in the background, and they're reaching a failure point. And so they're, they're looking at that saying, okay, this, statistically speaking, five years, I mean, we don't see uh, any significant repairs. Let's cover that warranty. And they come up with the $2,800. They didn't just pull that out of the thin air. That's based on, on some math that they're working with. And if you think of the iPhone, it's got a one-year 100% warranty. And I actually, I, I, you know, I say that. I don't even know what the warranty is in iPhone because, again, I don't care. <laughs> so I, I don't actually look at But I think it is one-year uh anything goes wrong with the phone, you can return it or get it fixed for free. Statistically speaking, nothing happens to those phones. Like they, they just, they just work. I bought a dishwasher 
And there was an extended warranty for eight years. And eight years seemed kind of random. Like I thought, how do you come up with eight years? And then I, my wife looked back and said, well, how old is our dishwasher right now? That that failed. The pump failed. And it's 10 years. So that, that dishwasher, that previous dishwasher, nothing went wrong with it. It worked flawlessly for 10 years. And then the pump went on it. And I, I looked at what it would cost to get the pump fixed. And I thought, well, a 10-year-old dishwasher, something else is going to go wrong with it. I wish somebody would sell me a, a warranty then and say, okay, you had your dishwasher for 10 years. Would you like to buy a five-year extended warranty? I Yes, I'd buy, buy that warranty seven days a week, right? Because everything's going to go wrong with this thing at this point. Actually, I wouldn't. But, but I think the extended warranties, they tend to cover only the period in which... Um, Statistically speaking, things are not going to go wrong with your product. So two questions from that. One, have you ever not bought an extended warranty and wish you did? Question two, what what brought about this this kind of shift in perspective for you? Or, or have you always been a, a non-believer in extended warranties? So question one, I have never regretted not buying an extended warranty because I don't believe in warranties. I never entertain it. It's never something, I never entertain an extended warranty. So it's never actually, when something goes wrong, I never think about, oh, what if I had the warranty? Because I have a value system. I don't buy warranties. And when did this happen? You know, when I started shopping for charging cables and they started offering extended warranties on charging cables, when they started offering extended warranties on the, the tiniest, smallest, insignificant purchases, I realized it was a, a pyramid scheme. That, that's when the, the light went off and I, but I've, I've been out of warranties. I, okay. I bought, I bought a new car back in my twenties, brand new car. And it came with a, I think a, a one year bumper to bumper warranty and a five year powertrain warranty. Well, let me tell you, powertrains are a very mysterious thing <laughs> in terms of what actually is a powertrain. And I was so disillusioned by warranties at that point. So I remember I thought I had this five-year warranty. I was just a young guy. You know, I thought I've got them. I'm, I'm covered, right? And I remember, I, I remember saying this probably like a dozen times. What about the warranty? <laughs> and they say, oh, it's not, this, this isn't covered. And I remember next time, what about the warranty? Oh, this thing's not covered. And I, so in my 20s is when they shattered my dream of warranties. And, and it was just a, a smoke and mirror show. Yeah, that's uh, that's not covered as a common, a very common warranty statement. So with that in mind, let's... You know, they, they I would say, what kind of warranty is it? It's a powertrain warranty. And I said, so this thing doesn't make the car go? Nope. <laughs> that was the answer all the time. Man, yes, no, that's... Uh, that's the, and I'm sure there's so many examples. Anyone listening to this, I'm sure you have examples like that, that you've been told those words. Um, so we're going to, we're going to actually talk about what warranties do actually represent five things that they actually do represent. So number one, you potentially are, you're potentially buying something you can't afford to, um, replace or repair. So we talked about this earlier. If you are in a position where you're buying something you can't afford, I would begrudgingly say, get the extended warranty because you're, 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 especially if you can finance it. So if if you've bought your $65,000 truck and you're making your $1,200 truck payments, buy the extended warranty because if that thing, something goes wrong with that, you're, you're sunk. So, but, but of course I would say, don't buy something you can't afford. Don't get into a station where something owns you instead of you owning it. Things in your life should be utilities that serve you, not own you. 
Number two, the second second thing a warranty actually represents is something you hope to never use. So this is kind of like life insurance. <laughs> you hope to never use it. So if if you you should never be excited about a warranty, and you should never be excited about making a claim on a warranty. A warranty, if you have one, it is it is a utility there to serve you. But don't like. You know when you talk to someone who has a new car and they'll say, bumper to bumper, seven years, 100,000 kilometers, you know, and they will wave that around like like a bragging, right? And I'm thinking, well, I, you you probably hope to never use that bumper to bumper seven-year warranty ever. Like, what? why is that so important to you? You know, so, so a warranty, make sure you're buying, don't, don't, conf- this is so important that you, you buy a warranty, don't, don't view of warranty as something that you hope to never use. I think that is a, a good way of looking at it. And then I think you will value it a, properly. If, if, you, if you look at it as something I hope to never, ever, I hope to never go down that road, but I know it's there, then you will not put place value on it. I know this one, um, I, the, the, this point in particular is I, I've heard this with, um, kind of high end clothing brands. They, they will offer warranty on their zippers if, if something ever happens to them. And, and again, you hope to never use that because you, you, in your mind, you're buying something really great quality and it's nothing should actually happen. So in, in your mind, to your point, it's something you should never hope to use. And you know, these warranties that you mentioned a zipper. So where's the lineup you get into to get your zipper fixed at at a high end clothing store? Like where, where do you, where do you take that? Like you have to mail it in. Okay. That's what I mean. Mm-hmm. What's the mechanism or the, what's in place to deal with warranty claims? They're the exception in the business. They're not the rule. Yeah. There's you know? to your point, there's a customer service desk in the store. And if we use Walmart as an example, super easy place to return things to. There's a desk just for that, just for returning your things. Yeah. So the, the 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 utility to 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 take on a warranty that you're describing this that's so obscure like zippers that is you're you're there's no person at the other end waiting just waiting for that thing to be returned for a zipper to be done right like it you're you're dealing you're you're pushing up against the system when you're trying to make a warranty claim like that it's a side project there's really it is it is side it's not someone's job it's it's an annoyance that somebody They've got a whole bunch of jobs and this is one little thing that's been thrown on their plate. So it's, yeah, it's really, it's, it's, it's a thing that people have been start, companies put in place just to keep customers, customers happy. The third of five things that warranties actually represent is an artificial sense of security. Yeah. Some people think they're buying peace of mind. You know, I, I've got a warranty, I'm covered. And so may, maybe you're, you do have a, a full on everything's covered warranty but that's an expensive sense of security. I mean, you, you've paid dearly for that. If it's one that covers everything for like a long period of time, you've overpaid for that sense of security. I would rather, so I, I'm, I believe in being self-insured as much as possible. And a, a good example, so I had life insurance when I had a young family, uh, a mortgage to pay, you know, kids to put through school. I had life insurance. But now that I, I don't have any dependents, just me, it's just me and my wife. And I also have substantial retirement savings. 
I call myself self-insured. I don't have life insurance anymore. If, if something goes wrong, everybody will be okay, right? That, that's, that's the, or just say I become physically incapacitated and can't work anymore. Well, at this point, I, I will be okay. I, I, I have enough money saved to be, I'm self-insured. So when you own something you can't afford, you, you can't afford to be self-insured. But if you buy things and you live within your financial means, you don't need that sense of security. Your, your savings rating, your, your, your living below your means becomes your sense of security. No, I love, I love that point so much. And again, another, obviously this podcast is dedicated to talking about financial freedom. And that's just another, another perk, I guess, of, of reaching that and, and, and achieving financial uh, freedom and, and financial independence. Number four, I really, really, really like this point. Um, so the fourth, the fourth thing that warranties actually do represent is when you buy a warranty, you're just moving problems into other buckets. And we talked about this earlier. So you've, you've, you've eliminated the problem of how am I going to afford to fix this thing to, I hope it's covered, right? That, and then if, if you're like me with my powertrain warranty, you know, you actually parted with a bunch of money to buy the warranty and it's not covered. You end up with two problems, right? So you, you're financially less well off because you, you, you paid for an extended warranty and it doesn't cover everything. The, I know people with these, uh, new home warranty things. And I know people that have gone, have waited too long to get their problem rectified. They hired a contractor and then they try to get the money out of the builder, the contractor charges, And it just becomes just agonizing to hear the, the frustration. So trying to, to make your claim on your warranty is, is a, a struggle in itself, right? So I'd rather be self-insured and, and fix these things myself at, with my own financial means rather than trying to hold somebody else accountable for my problems. No, and I, I even think that I'm going back to the iPhone example because that one is super, I think, relevant to everyone, not just maybe new homeowners. But with the iPhone thing, I mean, it's expensive to replace a shattered phone screen, I'm sure. Hopefully, maybe all of us have been there. Hopefully not. But but it's it's the cost the difference between getting that apple care and not getting apple care i mean if you have the financial means to afford just to keep replacing that phone screen maybe three times pretend you have the means to do that just today that's that's what you could afford to do i mean that you're like that's a that's being self-insured at a very kind of a low low level i mean your example your kind of whole life is self-insured but so I think that is a peace of mind before you buy that warranty. Ask yourself, could I afford to replace that screen? Could I afford to replace well, I, my I whole device say, that I just bought? If you bought a new Mac. Ask yourself if you can afford to replace that in 60 days. Yes. Or, or I think on a cell phone, you should actually be in a position to replace that in 30 days. I only say that because... The screen or the whole cell phone? Well... Because I know you were saying earlier the cell phone, but I'm, okay, what if you we should be the able screen? To, you should be able to get afford to get the, the screen repaired within 30 days. Yeah. And I'm going to say maybe seven days, like try to get through, like some people, you can't get through a day without uh, the utility of phone offers, right? Some people can, it depends how you organize your life. I know for me, it would be a bit of a challenge to get through a day. So I can't imagine going any period, extended period of time without a smartphone. I, I mean, I do my banking, I do a whole, a whole bunch of things with it. So I, I think 
so if you're buying a phone, if, if you're buying the most expensive phone and you can't afford to replace it, well, you, you, it goes back to living within your means and Definitely. buying things you can actually afford and make your purchase making financial sense when you do it. And I think, I think it, it will, it'll be less stress for you because you know in the back of your mind that I can afford to replace this thing that I bought. I can afford to pay for the repair. So I think it really does always come back to that. Last but not least on this list of what warranties actually do represent is in the case of it, when you purchase extended warranties, you are essentially just prepaying your repairs. And this is a way you, this is a way to rationalize the cost of the warranty is would I anticipate that much in repairs in that period of time? So my son's car, $2,800 repairs, again, on defects, defects in the car, not things that just naturally wear. Would I expect $2,800? And so somebody like my son who's young, he, he can't rationalize that. So I think those people are preyed on more so. They sell extended warrants to those people more successfully than they do someone like me. I can look back and say, I haven't spent $2,800 on a car this new ever in, in manufacturing defects. And I, I, in why I have a used car brand process where I vet my cars thoroughly. I've built this over time, but I would hope they are super unsuccessful on selling extended warranties to 50 year old people who, who have a, a history of buying used cars. I would hope they have a very low hit rate. Unfortunately, I think they have a very high hit rate on selling extended warranties to young people who buying their first, maybe their second car, and they don't realize, hey, nothing goes wrong over this period of time. But if you can look at it as prepaying your expenses, so a TV, an appliance in your home, like a fridge or a stove, like I remember I I was in Home Depot. I was, I forget what I was shopping for. And there was a, a person buying a stove. And they were buying the stove and they were buying a five-year extended, I think maybe it was a three-year extended warranty. Well, I can tell you, I've owned a ton of stoves and and I can count on one hand, actually, I think I can count on my thumb and one finger. So two two incidences where I've had to put money into a stove and it was not, it was it was insignificant amounts of money. Like it, it was not like I was, uh, I, I can't even remember it. It was under a hundred dollars. I would never buy an extended warranty on a stove. A microwave oven. I have owned. I don't own one now. I I don't have a use for one. But I used to always have a microwave oven, and I've never repaired a microwave oven. And that they don't, things only last so long. So after ten years, if my microwave oven doesn't seem to cook at the same speed, that warranty's long gone anyway. I mean, the, the, it served its purpose, time to move on. So I, I just, if you if you can rationalize your prepaying expenses, I think it would help, help talk yourself out of buying an extended warranty. Because at best, to use up that warranty that you purchased, you would need to put that much money into it and then you'd be breaking even. And then think of it, if you, you're going to be without the thing you bought while it's being out repaired. Like if, if you were able to use up all that, and again, you're just breaking even, you just prepaid all your expenses, you're going to be inconvenienced a ton more. And let's not forget, if you do need to put all of, pretend you need to use up all of the amount that you paid for the warranty, you literally just bought a lemon because that should not happen. And I think, I think if that happens, I mean, we can all just be a little bit forgiving to the product that we bought that was that terrible at showing up that you needed to put that much money into it. 
Um, and, and I just want to conclude by, uh, Trevor, you said that over time you've kind of realized that warranties aren't worth it. So there's a lot of scare tactic going on there. And I think, do you think you've obviously kind of realized that it's not all it cracked up to be because of your experience with your cars, nothing goes wrong. Do you think there's people maybe listening today who kind of are maybe still in that scare tactic or still kind of reserved in the fact that something could happen, something may happen? How do you... Do you have any advice for pushing through that what if uh, mentality? Well, just a lot of times you think you're buying insurance and insurance is there to protect you from unforeseen events, unforeseen accidents, things that were beyond your control. You should always have insurance, but warranties are there to protect brands. They're there to protect the manufacturer. They're there to protect the, the retailer. They're there to make sure you have a good story to tell about their product. That That is what warranties. And if you buy the extended warranty, that means you've got a, a really long story to tell about a brand that, that somebody stood behind, but they actually didn't stand behind. You paid them to stand behind it. So when you're buying extended warranty, you're paying a company to stand behind their own product. I love that. And on that note, that brings us to the end of today's episode on warranties. We hope you are um, as enlightened as we are. And uh, we can't wait to have you back with us next week for a brand new show. Until then, keep it simple.